This is a podcast from the Business Times. New office developments that have been completed recently or will be completed soon are reporting good take-up of space. Large tenancy and investment sales deals are being done. What is happening in Singapore's office property market? Welcome to Property BT, a podcast series by the Business Times. I'm Senior Correspondent Leslie Yee. I will be your host as we gather insights on all things Singapore property to help you in your property investment journey. Today, we look at the resilience of the Singapore office property market and the challenges facing this segment. 2022 has thus far been a rough year. War broke out in Ukraine. There have been COVID lockdowns in major Chinese cities. US-China tensions have ratcheted up. Interest rates are rising and inflation is raging. Economic growth is slowing in many places and stock markets are under pressure. Add to that climate disasters in various places. A bright spot for many of us in Singapore is that COVID rules have been relaxed. We can go to night spots, we can travel freely to various places and we do not need to wear masks in many settings. Hooray to our newly reclaimed freedoms. But many of us are back to working in physical offices. Sigh, the need to dress up, battle crowds on the MRT and watch how we behave in the office. I can imagine though the huge sighs of relief in the boardrooms of office landlords and among the eateries, drinking halls and other retailers serving the office crowd in the central business district and elsewhere that people are back to working in the office. New office developments that have been completed recently or will be completed soon are reporting good take-up of space. Large tenancy and investment sales deals are being done in the office property market. Let's get a take from Nicholas Mark, Head of Research and Consultancy, ERA Real Estate, on what is happening in Singapore's office property market. The Singapore office rental has been improving quite steadily since the third quarter of 2021. In fact, it has shaken off the effects of the pandemic. Take, for example, in 2020, the office rental index decreased by 8.5%. And last year, it has started to recover and it improved by 1.9% for the whole of 2021. In the first six months of this year, the rental index actually increased 4% in just within a six-month period. And the location that actually seen a higher rate of increase is actually the city fringe. For example, the city area rental increased by 2.8% in the first six months of this year. And over the same period, the city fringe rentals increased by 13.4%. Another indicator is the number of transactions in the office market. The area with the largest number of transactions, of course, is the central area, which consists of the CBD. And typically, there is about 1,100 rental contracts per quarter. And in the city fringe area, the average is about 330 transactions per quarter. But interestingly, in the suburban areas, the West region actually is doing fairly well. Although the number of rental contracts is not as high as that in the central region, but it can number about 40 to 50 contracts per quarter quite consistently. The other interesting thing is that the median rental rates in the West region has also recovered to about $4.45 
per month. And this increase actually started in the middle of 2021. And that improvement in the rental rates in the West region has been quite consistent, just like the number of rental transactions. Interesting observations by Nicholas that there's positive momentum in the office property market and that office buildings in various parts of the island are doing well. Locations in Singapore's city fringe and suburbs are seeing improvements in transport links and amenities. As these locations improve, is the CBD still relevant? Guoko Land, which owns integrated office-led development, Guoko Tower in Tanjong Pagar, and is developing Guoko Midtown in Beach Road, said it is optimistic on quality offices and sees strong need for quality office space amongst high-performing sectors. At Guoko Midtown, there's over 700,000 square feet of Great A office space that will start to be completed by end 2022. Pre-commitment take-up of office space is 60% as at end August. There's reportedly strong leasing interest from companies in technology, finance, private equity, life sciences, and trading sectors looking to set up their regional headquarters in Singapore. Let's get insights on the health of Great A office buildings in the CBD from Catherine Her, Head of Research, Collius. We have observed that the higher-end segment of the Great A office market is outperforming. This is mainly due to the tighter supply of Great A office, as upcoming average annual Great A supply until 2026 is about 30% less than the 10-year historical average supply with only developments like Guoco Midtown completing this year and IOI Central Boulevard Towers completing next year. In addition, according to Collier's data, as of the most recent quarter in quarter two of this year, vacancy in the core CBD premium and grade A market was tighter at 3.4% compared to 7.5% in the grade B segment. Correspondingly, core CBD premium and grade A rents have increased 6.1% year-on-year compared to core CBD Grade B rents, which have increased just 2.6% in the same period. Up till the end of the year, core CBD premium and Grade A rents are expected to grow at a faster clip of between 5-7% to year-on-year, compared with 3-5% for core CBD Grade B rents. There has also been an increasing emphasis from occupiers on sustainability and wellness since the pandemic. These can be fulfilled by attributes such as green credentials, smart features, better air quality, higher cleanliness, most of which can be found in the higher-end offices. The picture does seem rosy for Singapore CBD office landlords. And Catherine is right. Knowledge workers want to be in environmentally friendly workspaces with good air quality. Hmm, so great office space, employee wellness and productivity may improve. Perhaps one should look hard into possibly investing in groups such as Singapore Land, Capital Reed and Capital Land Integrated Commercial Trusts to play on the theme of strength in Singapore's office property market. Look out though for threats facing rental demand for office space. This can come from slowing demand amid tougher economic conditions. Remember, if businesses are growing less or being forced to be more vigilant on costs, the need for good office space to pamper knowledge workers could decline. Also, the adoption of remote working can lead to less need for physical office space. Let's hear again from ERA's Nicholas Mark. One of the risks to the positive outlook for the office market is the possibility of 
an economic slowdown or worse, a recession. The central bankers in the major economies, such as the US and EU, has decided that they will continue to raise interest rates to bring inflation under control. There is a possibility that this could come at the expense of economic growth. History shown that whenever there is an economic slowdown or recession, office rentals and the demand for office space in Singapore will contract, resulting in a rise in vacancy rate. However, we need to recognize that this is part of the business cycle. When the economy recovers, so will office demand and rental rates. Another risk to the office market is a more systematic one. If more companies decide that there is no need for all the employees to work in the office because these employees can work from home, the result is that the demand for office space will decline as the company do not need to rent such a big space anymore. I think Nicholas is right. With the office property market, there are invariably cyclical risks. There are business cycles that nimble landlords need to navigate. Then there's the more structural challenge posed by the adoption of remote working. Employees, be they young or old, seek the flexibility to work from home, at least for some of the time. Expect technology that enables remote working to keep improving too. Still to come, what is driving investment sales activity of Singapore's office buildings? And how big a role will remote working play? Discover the Business Times podcasts, Money Hacks, Property BT, Mark to Market, Wealth BT, and Market Focus. Your authoritative guide to make the right decisions for your money and investments. Go to bt.sg slash podcasts to download or listen wherever you get your podcasts. And now, back to Property BT from the Business Times. We have talked about the positive momentum in the Singapore office property market. New CBD grade A space is drawing strong interest from users in a diverse range of sectors. We also touched on the risk posed by a slowing global economy and the adoption of remote working to demand for office space. Let's hear from Corliss Catherine Her on how big a role remote working will play. Of all the companies which have announced their work policies, most are adopting remote working to retain employees. As such, remote working will be prevalent but the workplace still remains essential for in-person meetings or collaboration opportunities. This is due to various reasons such as space constraints at home, distraction from family, business security, and most pertinently, Singapore is a compact city with an average commute of not more than an hour. So most employees do not find it daunting to return to their offices. Also, under a new set of government guidelines, by 2024, Employers in Singapore must consider staff requests for flexible work arrangements fairly and properly. Therefore, even though offices will have to cater for less desks, with the prevalence of remote working, there will have to be more collaboration and amenity spaces to attract employees back to the offices. In summary, most companies in Singapore will have to adopt remote working to retain talent. However, future workplace designs will have to complement this change. Indeed. Singapore is compact, and public transport here is good, so there should be little to complain over making the commute to the physical office. Moreover, it can be good to interact in person with colleagues and business associates. We are social creatures. 
In-person interactions can lead to building of deeper relationships and co-creation of ideas that will add to the all-important bottom line. Perhaps the office of the future will have fewer dedicated workstations and more spaces for collaboration, as Catherine envisages. Net-net, this could mean minimal impact on overall demand for space among businesses. Globally, Singapore's office property market likely stands in good stead because of Singapore's attractiveness to many companies to set up and expand operations here. Singapore is an easy place to do business. Connectivity to the region and beyond is good. The legal framework is strong and there's political stability. Let's get insights from Leonard Tay, Head of Research, Knight Frank, Singapore. Global inflation, supply chain and material disruptions, as well as rising interest rates, are combining to push global economies into a synchronised slowdown as the world readjusts from the pandemic. Despite the looming headwinds, a flight to safety to Singapore by private wealth, corporates and multinational companies affected by tensions in other parts of the world has ensued. Singapore is known for having a predominantly open business environment with clear and transparent policies. And as such, seizing opportunities from this shift in demand due to stringent pandemic restrictions in other parts of Asia will support office space demand in Singapore, even if the global economy succumbs to recessionary pressures. In addition, some firms are considering options such as restacking and reconfiguration to rejuvenate their office space for flexible work collaboration in a reversal of earlier downsizing decisions as a result of hybrid working. Singapore is working hard to attract top talent. Recently, the government introduced a new pass for top foreign talent across all sectors and a longer five-year employment pass option for specific tech occupations, among several moves to strengthen Singapore's position as a global hub for talent. Should Singapore grow as a hub for talent? Rental demand for office space, especially good-grade space, is on firm footing. Indeed, there's confidence shown in Singapore's office market by buyers splurging big sums to build new office-led developments and snare prime office buildings in a market where many owners tightly hold on to such assets. Predominantly office buildings that have changed hands or are changing hands this year include CBD buildings such as 20 Anson, Cross Street Exchange and 55 Market Street, as well as Westgate Tower near Jurong East MRT Station. Recently, the Business Times reported the sale of 999-year leasehold CBD office asset income at raffles at 16 Collier Key at the price of 1 billion Singapore dollars, or slightly over $3,600 per square foot. Tech giant Alibaba and a perennial-led consortium received approval from the Urban Redevelopment Authority to build a proposed 63-storey office, retail, residential and hotel project at 8 Shenton Way in the CBD, which will be Singapore's tallest development. Let's get insights on what is driving investment sales activity of Singapore's office buildings from Knight Frank's Leonard Tay. Investment sales picked up pace in the second quarter 2022, even with the impending threat of global stagflation and political tensions. Investors were seeking core and core plus targets inside a stable Singapore, and the main driver of this string of deals 
in the second quarter was the commercial sector, where several office buildings were sold against the backdrop of current economic conditions with the prolonged Russian-Ukraine war, hiking interest rates and inflation, coupled with increased raw material and construction costs, many investors increasingly diverted their focus towards commercial assets. Key factors that could influence such investment decisions are the likelihood of capital appreciation and organic growth through recurring rental income. Therefore, not only institutional investors are showing interest in the limited stock of investable office buildings, but private wealth in the form of family offices are also exploring strata offices in quality buildings. In a nutshell, as Leonard puts it, office buildings here are drawing keen interest from institutional investors and private wealth who like Singapore's stability. In many discussions I have, Singapore real estate emerges as a top pick of many people as being something safe in a world full of uncertainty. I'm often regaled with anecdotes about why people and businesses from such and such a place want to relocate or increase exposure to Singapore. The premium being placed on wanting to be in Singapore bodes well for rental and investment demand for Singapore's office buildings. Quality offices can generate steadily growing recurring income and see capital appreciation. Perhaps one can invest in equities of groups that own high-quality Singapore office assets with conviction. And that's a wrap for this edition of Property BT. Do join us for the next episode where we look at why Singaporeans like to buy new-built private homes off-plan. Such homes can cost much more than completed older units in the vicinity. Are the premiums justified? What are the risks to buying uncompleted homes? Get insights on why buying new homes off-plan can make sense and the risk factors to look out for. I'm Leslie Yee. Thank you for listening and happy property hunting. That was a podcast from the Business Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcast or via the Google Voice Assistant Amazon-enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times, and Money FM 89.3 you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. This podcast is meant to provide general information only. SPH Media accepts no liability for loss arising from any reliance on the podcast or use of third parties' products and services. Please consult professional advisors for independent advice.